Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. Ryan here. Just a quick message to say we've had a few technical problems on this episode. There might be a couple of bits where it cuts out or just drops out and you can't hear anything but I've managed to edit out most of them but there might still be the odd one here or there so sorry about that and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the Philip Cocu to my Steve McLaren. He's Justin Peach. I want to say it doesn't make sense, but Philip Cocu is obviously better than McLaren as manager, so I guess oh. it does. Oh, maybe I was complimenting you. You never do, so... How are you? I'm alright, I'm alright. Bit tired, bit tired. Yeah. You've got a massive burn on your leg. Yes, yes, grass burn. Yeah. It's a novelty for this time of year at football. It's but very nasty. Football's a nasty game. Yeah, it is. It is a very nasty game. And we'll start at the top of this nasty game where we find Swansea. They are one they won one nil against Leeds United at Leeds after Wayne Routledge scored a late winner. Leeds were the better team in this game, but Swansea didn't give Leeds any real chances and got a brilliant win. Yeah, absolutely. I thought Leeds were it was typical Leeds really, wasn't it? They they created plenty, had twenty one shots, but only had three on target and obviously had a lot of possession as well, mm. dominated the game. Had again a lot of the possession was in Swansea's half, but just didn't didn't punish him. And as we said, one of the issues with Leeds is taking chances. Yeah, yeah, and we've said this before. Teams are going to Adam Road at yep. the moment, and they know how they're going to set up, don't yeah, they? Absolutely. They just sit back, and Leeds struggle to break them down. They struggle to break Forest down. Yeah. They struggle to break Brentford down, and mm. we're lucky to maybe get the three points there. Yeah. And Swansea have done the same here, haven't they? Yeah, well, Swansea set up quite similar to uh, how they set up at Derby. I.e., they weren't necessarily adventurous, and they were hitting Derby on the counter attack. And perhaps Derby were unlucky not to get the win, but obviously Swansea were just getting the feelers in there. So you can sort of see how Cooper wants them to to line up, especially the teams that may, might do, uh, dominate possession. Yeah, wise. absolutely. I mean, full credit to Swansea, though. You know, they've only dropped points once this season, and that was in the draw mm. to Derby. They're looking quality at the moment, aren't they? Very well balanced. Very well balanced, and um, it might not be might might be an argument for saying that we, it took us by surprise. This this result definitely took me by surprise. I thought Leeds might at least get a get a, a draw at the very least because it's, it's, it's Leeds at home. But apparently they've only won one in seven at home. Really? Yeah. Well, it doesn't so, surprise me. Yes, they beat Brentford, drew it against Forest, didn't they? Mm-hmm. So yeah, doesn't surprise me, I suppose. But yeah, as we say, Swansea, we, it didn't particularly take us by surprise how well they did. Well, maybe that's maybe we're being a bit generous <laughs> to ourselves there. We thought they'd do well this season. Yeah. And we've been saying, Steve Cooper, just got to keep doing what Graham Potter was doing. Yeah. And Baston's filled the boots of mm-hmm. Ollie McBurney, which was one of our big concerns yeah. about who's going to score yeah. the goals. They look like 
the real package at the moment, don't they? And yeah. I think, early shout, I think Swansea could get promoted. There's always one team that sort of takes you by surprise, especially for automatics. You know, Burnley have done it in the past, Bournemouth have done it in the past. Obviously, Sheffield United did it last season. And Norwich. And, and Norwich have done it as well. So it wouldn't surprise me if Swansea can maintain this, this momentum. But then again, it's a long season. They don't have the biggest squad in terms of quality. And but it's depth. a team that's got loads of quality in it, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, definitely. the defence is really solid. You've had AU and Boya Baston coming to yeah. the coming to the squad and they're, you know, quality players. Yeah, they no, cost millions of pounds when they signed for yeah, Swansea yeah, initially. Absolutely. And obviously Routledge coming off the bench as well, which is a quality player to quality experienced player to yeah. come in and And Burst Salina. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's quality all over the pitch for, for Swansea and as I say, it wouldn't surprise me if they maintain momentum, but yeah. there's still a, there's still a bit of depth issue, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll have to see how that goes as the season goes on and they start picking up <clears> injuries. But yeah. I think this Swansea team could do it. But yeah, here we go. We'll have to wait and see, won't we? Let's move on then to West Brom 3, Blackburn 2. All the goals in this game came <laughs> in the first half. Uh, Ross on Twitter says West Brom are pretty awesome. would be even better if they could stop gifting the opposition goals. Mm-hmm. The player who stood out for me... Grady Dean Garner again. Not he surprised. he looks absolutely brilliant. Antonio's goal in this game was delightful. He's made an impact in each of the league games he's played so far. He came on against uh, Luton, grabbed both the goals. Came on against Derby and sort of switched the the mindset of the team. Obviously, yeah. they were quite they were quite tepid, quite quite relaxed, not really getting anywhere into the final third. And Dean Garner and Pereira came on, completely changed the game upside down for 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 Derby really. Yeah, um, and then obviously again. Against Blackburn, that 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 goal was. Yeah, he's he's a really quality player from the looks of it, isn't he? and him and Pereira could be absolutely deadly for Albion this season. Well, their their attacking options are they're unreal. You, considering that we were slightly worried about them at the start of the season, because, well, they lost the three, didn't they? Barnes, yeah. Rodriguez, and Gale, and now they've got these two and Charlie Austin, who hasn't really got going yet, but. He, we know what he's capable of. He's gonna, he's gonna kick on at some point. He's, he's a quality, experienced striker and very good at this level. So, as I say, it's, it's one of the more dangerous attacking, attacking trios in the league. Yeah, but sticking with Dean Garner, he's just so direct. He's the kind of player you want yeah. in your side, isn't he? Because he's a typical winger mm-hmm. who just scores goals. He's quick as fuck and <laughs> really skillful. Yeah, as that that is the carbon sort of copy of what you want in a winger yeah. it's what you want yeah absolutely well West Brom as we say are unbeaten this season they should be up there really shouldn't they yeah they they recruited really well we think we had them down as one of the, the better perf- uh, performers in the transfer window so for them to be high up at the moment we're not we're not surprised and I, I expect them to compete throughout the season yeah 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 uh, Sam Johnston made a bit of a clangor for the second goal, uh, mistakes don't really get brought up when a side wins, but mm-hmm. Albion fans have been a bit critical of him this season. In fact, throughout his whole time at West Brom, really. I've, to be fair, I've never been overly convinced by him. When he was at Villa, he didn't. Again, he didn't really convince me when he was at Villa. I don't think he's up there as one of the top top goalkeepers in this league. Um, but he's still a good goalkeeper. Perhaps goalkeepers they come under so much scrutiny mm. from fans. Um, as we've seen with Butland, Kel Roos at Derby, you know they, they they come under a lot of scrutiny, and they're, they're gonna come under a lot of scrutiny, and that's that's not going to change. He's just got to keep keeping on. Yeah, and he might be looking over his shoulder because West Brom have made a bit of a transfer business mm-hmm. in the past week. Ali Al Habsi 
has joined. He's such a nice guy, isn't he? I mean, I did forgot did forget he existed, but well, he went abroad, didn't he? He was playing in Saudi Arabia, I believe. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's must be getting on a bit. He's thirty eight. Thirty eight. Could you see him potentially coming into the fold? No. Or is he just back up? He's just back up. Okay, fair enough. Well, Jonathan Bond played in the week, didn't he? Yeah, in the, yeah. In the cup. So. Did, did well as well, yeah. from what I heard. Um, Ollie Burks left to go on loan to Alaves. I, I didn't. I forgot about him. What a weird career path he's had. <laughs> it's just not settled, has he? It's unfortunate, because when he was at Forest, he had that spell. It was, it was quality, wasn't he? And he went to Leipzig. Probably the wrong move for him, because Leipzig, although they're good at bringing through youngsters... It's a bit, you know, it's a Scottish lad in Nottingham taking into Germany, East Germany. It's not going East to, Germany. It's What's East, wrong with East Germany? Well, it's East Germany, isn't it? It's, it's, it's not. It's close. not the Cold War still. I, I know. It's not the. <laughs> it's not like Munich or Berlin. Like, All right. Anyway, I've never been to Leipzig, but I apologise to any of our Leipzig listeners. I'm sure we've got loads. <laughs> uh, Blackburn then they uh, hadn't scored from open play before this game. Um, Bradley Dack finally He's up and got running. a goal. Up and running. Yeah, great. First minute as well, wasn't it? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. It was a bit of a sloppy <laughs> bit of play from West Brom. Hmm. But, yeah, it's good to see him finally get on the score sheet this season, isn't it? Oh, yeah. They say West Brom seem to be shooting themselves in the foot. They conceded an early goal last week against Derby and then obviously this one as well. But credit to Dak, he's, he's, he's probably needed that goal. I think we said it last week. He just needs a goal to get up and running. And he's um, had loads of shots. It's not like yeah. he's been goal shy. He's definitely been trying to get that goal and uh, it's finally comes off, as mm-hmm. we say. But Sam Gallagher didn't play on the wing in this game. He was up front but was taken off at half-time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that £5 million they spent on him is looking like great business at the moment, isn't it? What about the money they spent on Brereton? That's true as well. I mean, <laughs> this is the point I've been making. Yeah. They've spent £5 million on him. They've got £7 million Ben Brereton, who's not getting a look in now. Mm. And Gallagher's not really set the world alight, no, has he? they... they... Obviously, we highlight the recruitment for Blackburn. It's, it's quite a strange one. Yes, they didn't complete any dribbles. And looking at the team, there isn't a quality winger in there that's going to take the game by a scruff. Like Dean Garner. Well, you say that. I was going to bring up that Joe Rothwell didn't start again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blackburn fans weren't very happy, and I can understand, because he's one of their most talented players. Mm-hmm. You had Armstrong and Downing playing instead. Yeah. Armstrong... I can understand why he was there because yeah. when you're playing away at West Brom, you probably want a bit of pace to you know yeah. when you know you're not going to have as much of the ball. Pump it in the channel. But he didn't have a shot, didn't create any chances. So what's the point? <laughs> well, exactly. They they seem to drop back Blackburn. They conceded a lot of shots, um, and as I say, you need a player in there that's going to give give the defence and midfield a bit of. Bit of leeway, i.e., mm. just getting the ball out, dribbling it out. You know, most teams have them, but Blackburn seem to be lacking that sort of play. And obviously, if you're not playing Joe Rothwell, that's that's another hurdle, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, especially quite... when he's you're probably one of your most talented players. Yeah. It's just weird, but and obviously they've got Brereton as well. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, Friday night, Cardiff one, <laughs> Fulham one. Murphy and Mitrovic with the goals. Fulham love passing, don't they? <laughs> A hell of a lot. There was a one period in the game, a good five-minute period, I reckon, yeah. where the full and back line were just passing it between them. Weren't going anywhere. They just kept doing it. Yeah. And they eventually, when they tried to go forward, they lost the ball. And it went straight to Lee Peltier, who shinned it for <laughs> a throw-in. And I thought, that just sums up this game perfectly. I, I, I get pa- right, passing it sideways, but passing it sideways into midfield, not just the back four. That's That's... 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we talk about the back four. Over the past seven years, the most passes completed in a championship season is 3,746 by Tom Kearney in 2016-17. At his current rate, Tim Ream is on course to complete 4,869 passes this season. I think that's more damning of this style of play that Fulham have mm. because there's clearly no punch to it. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, you'd expect a midfielder like Tom Kearney to be top of the passing stats, wouldn't yeah. you? Not Tim Ream, your centre-back, because mm. that just sums up, really, Fulham's game plan on Friday night where they were just passing it between the centre-halves. Well, the, the good thing that Kearney possesses is his passing quality. He's, 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 one, he's probably top five playmakers in the league easily yeah top three yeah. maybe he's a Premier League player he's a Premier League player what he did really well in that promotion season for Fulham he, he dropped deep for the ball he came deep for the ball and pull, full, allowed Fulham to progress up the pitch and he's clearly not that's clearly not the, the game plan now yeah I haven't got the stats for how many touches he had in that game but mm-hmm. it can't have been as many as the defence <laughs> we can definitely say that uh, Bettinelli could have done better with the goal do you think Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it, I, I mean, obviously, hit it with some power, but the ball basically passed through his hands. Mm. So, do you think it's time to bring in Marat Rodak? A few Fulham fans have been calling for it. You're harsh on goalkeepers. You're not patient at all, are you? I mean, this is what the Fulham fans have been saying. They say they want to bring in Rodak, who had a good season at Rotherham yeah. last year. Still a young lad. Give him a go. Why not? Why not? He's a good goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cardiff then. They were patient and had chances to win. However, a point is a good result, and they were impressive defensively, considering how much of the ball Fulham had. As we say, typical Neil Warnock performance. Yeah. Those those typical Neil Warnock performances got them promoted the other season, so more of that. Would more. you have taken a point? I think so. Yeah, I think so. It's You get these teams that come, a win is a bonus, because you know how good they are on the ball. Um, and with Cardiff's form... You, you you take a point and then, as I say, a win is a bonus. Mm. Neil Warnock says uh, Cardiff are tracking 15 free agents at the moment who are midfielders. <laughs> bring him back. <laughs> bring him home. Uh, I, I was looking at a few of the midfielders. That tickle you fancy? He's past it at this level, I think. He's getting on a bit, isn't he? There weren't too many, really, who really I looked at and thought, yeah, he would get in a Cardiff team. But that goes back to what we've said before, that Mm -hmm. the midfield, it doesn't look good enough to me. I Perhaps it isn't. Obviously, they lost Reid. And as well as that, Gunnison going is a big hole. Obviously, Mm -hmm. couldn't get Harry Arter back in. And the... Uh, Cameron Asser yeah. went to Palace. Yeah. So. Volks at the moment, aren't they? Mm-hmm. But uh, Brentford 3, Derby 0. Brian and Bremo got one and Ollie Watkins got two. This was the definition of a spanking. <laughs> God, yeah. I, I was at that game, obviously, in the, the away end. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brentford were unbelievable in attack. And the, how quick they break is it's frightening. And obviously, Ben Rama came back in and he looked like he hadn't. Been missing at all. Yeah. We'll get into Ben Rama in a sec. Brentford, before this game, had scored two goals in their first five and then scored three in the first half of this game. I, and it could have been even more, couldn't I, it? That's what I mean. They, they, um, as you said, 
two shots on target. No, so they scored, they converted two two of their fifty eight shots or something. Um, How many shots? Like fifty eight. He had 58 shots. Not yesterday. Oh, I was going to no, say. No, 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 throughout <laughs> the season so far. And then yesterday, I turned around to my dad. I was like, yeah, they've only con- they've only scored two of the shots. And then mm. bang, bang. Just goals, goals, yeah. goals. But they, 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 were, they weren't racking up the points. And they weren't really scoring too many. But we said it would click eventually yeah. for Brentford because their performances have been good. Mm-hmm. And Thomas Frank said the players just needed a bit of time to get into the team. Because it's a, nearly a completely new side, isn't it, really? Well, yeah, I sort of... I didn't really consider that for some reason because they 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 brought in ten players. Mm. Frank said in his post match interview. Um, so obviously that's going to take a bit of time to integrate them into the into the side. But as you say, the the new guy Embuemo, he looked he looked good and Canos at right wing back was a masterstroke. Yeah, I asked him. Um, I think it was David Anderson, who's a Brentford fan, um, and he said that he's played there before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, obviously, I'd never seen him play there before, and he absolutely tore the right inside apart. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think Brentford could really go on now and be the team that we thought they'd be at the start of the season? They they clearly have better balance. Defensively, they've looked stronger. Mm. Um, and as I say, yesterday, they completely dominated the game. Um, I don't see any reason why they can't, but Derby were really, really poor as well. They- but from the sounds of it, that Brentford performance could have easily spanked any team and then no Derby weren't great themselves mm-hmm. but it sounds like Brentford any team could have played Brentford yesterday and would have still lost if they keep that going then they'll if be absolutely if they play that, that they'll, they'll get a lot a yeah. lot of results pretty yeah. much throughout the season um, they clearly haven't played like that so far mm-hmm. um, but as I say yeah m- more of that and they'll, they'll be up there Ollie Watkins as a striker seems to be working doesn't it it does He the thing is as well the goals he scored were where where you expect your striker to be, um, i.e. one was a tap in, and one was the ball dropped him at, uh, from a set piece, and he just he blasted it in, and, and he, he could have had a couple more goals as well. Yeah. Um, he he's obviously got that quality. I, I questioned it, but I'm happy to see him prove me prove me wrong because he's such a, he's really he's a pleasure to watch. He's a good player. Absolutely, and as you mentioned, side Ben Rama is back in the team, and he could be absolutely ridiculous now. He's back fit. Oh, uh, he was. It was borderline taking the piss yesterday <laughs> of fellow professionals. So, yeah, if he does that all season, brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Darby then, uh, Adam on Twitter says, we were shite, the worst for a long time. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, Darby have this hoodoo with Brentford. They either get absolutely panned or they scrape a result. Well, Darby haven't won since the first game of the season now. Mm-hmm. Are you a bit concerned? Um... I'm more concerned with the players because, obviously, I'm not trying to make excuses for Koku, but Koku needs to settle on a system tactically that's going to get the best out of the players. I'm looking at certain individuals like Tom Huddleston, um, Kieran Dow. They've they've been really really poor so far, and yes, they really they were really bad. Mm. Um, Derby Derby are conceding goals from mistakes they're making. They're giving the ball away, etc., and it's they're being punished for it. So it's clearly they're individuals in the t- in the side that are letting him down so far. But as I say, if Koku settles on a system, a three-five-two looks the best way to get the best out of Wagon Marriott. Um, once Bogle comes back in, you've got a bit more width as well. Yeah. So I- that's the thing, isn't it? They've had to play a young lad mm-hmm. at left back in Buchanan. Yeah. And that's not helped things because they've had to play Max Lowe on the right, mm-hmm. who is a left-back yeah. and is so one-footed, it's painful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, he's 
He's probably been Derby's best player. Yeah, that, I'm not, I'm not criticising him. He's been really good and has really stood out there. And I expect mm-hmm. when Bogle does come back, Lowe will be the number one left back this season for them. I don't understand why Matt Clark's not been playing. He looked a bit shaky against Stoke, to be fair. He did look poor. What I think the second goal Stoke scored was more his fault. Support. It was a lump ball over the top and he got caught. But they're having to play Bielik at centre-half at the moment, aren't they? When really I'd expect him to play better in holding midfield which is where Tom Huddleston's mm-hmm. playing at the moment. And Tom Huddleston, I'm afraid, cannot play at Brentford away because mm. Brentford are so quick. Yeah. And as previously established on this podcast, he has lead in his boots. And he, and he, he consistently stuck in treacle. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you, you're spot on there, tactically. But he just doesn't have the players to play his system, if, if you understand. Like, Huddleston's the only playmaker that Derby sort of possessing that midfield Dwayne Holmes is obviously coming back but he's not really a playmaker you give him the ball he'll run all day mm. so they're a personnel lacking for Derby and he sort of has to play Huddleston I understand why he, he's playing Huddleston because he wants someone to set a tempo otherwise there's no one no one to do that in that side yeah yeah <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, we have to move on so Reading nil, Charlton 2 Jonathan Lecco and Lau Taylor on the score sheet what did you make of this game? Charlton had five shots on target I don't know what you're <laughs> possibly <laughs> pointing out here. I like Charlton. Right. I like Lee Bowyer. I like Lyle Taylor. Here we go. I really like Conor Gallagher because I, I think Conor Gallagher's quality. He's looked really good for Charlton this season. Mm-hmm. But this is another game where Charlton have been lucky. Are you, what? They, they had more shots than they usually had, but they've scored from a deflection and had a penalty. So. What what am I missing here? <laughs> they're creating chances. They're, they're scoring chances. You don't get a penalty by fluke. You're in the box. Teams who get a lot of penalties, they spend a lot of time in the opposition area, which means they're in a dangerous, dangerous area. So I'm not having that. No. I, I do like this Charlton team, but I just think that this look that they're having... It's not look. It is look. It's not look. They've, they've won games this season from having one shot on target. Yeah. They've won this game from a deflection and a penalty. It's going to come to a point where they will drop down the table. You won't be allowed in London. <laughs> I mean, if Reading had put away their chances, they could have easily won this game. They had three really good chances. But they didn't. But And Charlton did. And they won the game. OK. We'll move on. Yeah, I, I agree to disagree <laughs> there. <laughs> Just one final point on Charlton. I can't wait for the day. Lau Taylor misses a penalty when he's doing that run-up. <laughs> I think it was Dean Ashton who said that on the, the football show. And I was I was ever slightly offended because it's not cockiness. You, you're, you're waiting for the goalkeeper to move and you've got loads of time to do it. Yeah. It's, it's, penalties are an art. They're a, they're a psychological art. And at the minute, Lau Taylor's got it spot on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Reading then, Alex on Twitter says, this was the epitome of taking your chances. Reading missed two big ones first half and then Charlton stroll away. Reading look leg- leggy and lethargic. That's a surprise. Yeah. How did we've, been, we've been quite positive about them recently, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, how did they get on in the week? In I don't the, know. That might have impacted. Yeah, that might have impacted. No, what, what I'm trying to get at, that might have affected their performance today. Possibly. Because so, yeah. them being leggy is quite... It, it would be a surprise because they've got quite a youthful side. But as I say, they could have won this game. And really, it's a very disappointing result from a Reading perspective, isn't it? Well, you want to 
win your games at home, but if you don't take your chances and, and the, the opposition's going to punish you, yeah. and Charlton did. They did. They did. They took their chances. But they won't keep doing it, is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Birmingham 2, Stoke 1. Blues 1 after a quick-fire double from Lukas Chukvits and 16-year-old Jude Bellingham. 16 years old. He was born in 2003. We're not the oldest. We're mid-20s. So him being 16 makes me feel old. I think 2003 was my first season ticket. Yeah. <laughs> what were you doing in 2003? I think I was... How old would I have been? I would have been nine years old. So Yeah. yeah. Christ. Uh, he's someone, though, that everyone associated with Birmingham City is very excited about. Mm-hmm. He's been linked with some big clubs, and we could see more of him now that he's got a goal to his name. <laughs> what are you laughing? <laughs> his, his goal was pretty crap. Yeah, right. The goal was crap, but we'll let him off because he's 16. He made a child Don't happy. Don't be a bully. He made a child happy. <laughs> he is a child. He is a child. God, this is scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did Birmingham not get a penalty? Danny Bat. Oh, God, yeah. He, he had Alvaro Jimenez in a sleeper hold yeah. and kicked him in the face afterwards. What was the referee doing? I, he was looking right at it as well, the ref. Yeah. He had it spot on and it's been this weekend's been full of crap referee decisions in the penalty box. Mm. Like last last weekend, there was loads of penalties. Yeah. There was tons because obviously, obviously the referee society has told... The referee society. I don't know what they're called. They've told referees not to give them this week. I just but have I this you... image now of the referee society doing their like annual meet. You know, you might have... I don't know, what's the famous ref called? Mike Dean. Mike Dean, that's it. <laughs> I just have this image of him, you know, on stage, giving a quick speech to all the referees, and then they, I don't know. Instead of applauding, they all blow their whistles. Yeah, and then worship a picture of Kalina. <laughs> Something like that, I don't know. Where, where are we going with this? <laughs> Blues well, are shaping up, though, to yeah. be a bit of a home team, Would you, do you think? Because they've put in some... Ter- terrible performances away from home mm-hmm. but at St Andrews they look like a really good side and that's contributed to them being ninth now yeah um, I'm not particularly surprised by that given I think how they set up against Brentford on the opening day told us a lot how they're going to set up in away games and subsequently they've done that repeatedly and it's not really worked and they got spanked at Swansea last week didn't they yeah doing um, that setup. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they don't just be a bit more free and play a bit more, but there you go. If if you don't want any performances away from home, then it's go, it's going to be one of them weeks where Birmingham will get panned away from home, and the fans will say "clitter shit," rah, rah. Mm. and then they'll pan someone at home, and then back to normal again. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see a bit more uh, Dan Crowley. He's not started in the last few games, but looked like a real live wire mm-hmm. in this game. He created more chances than any other Birmingham player, despite him being on the pitch for 37 minutes. Would you like to see more of him? Absolutely. We were waxing lyrical when they signed for Birmingham. This was a great signing. And I don't, not to, not to be critical of Birmingham, but I don't think the system they're playing is going to get the best out of that quality in the, that they've got in the middle. We've said this already. They just, they're, they're, they're almost playing like a Gary Monk side. They're playing four four two again, aren't they? Yeah, but without but without getting the best out of the players that they've got already. Mm. Um, so yeah, it'd be nice to see them be a bit more adventurous because I think you'll definitely start getting the best out of players like Crowley, um, Sunic, um, Villalba, Villalba yeah. uh, and, and and Jimenez. Yeah, absolutely. Stoke then, 
Another loss for Nathan Jones. Uh, this season is going fairly tits up. <laughs> can you see him turning it around? I I want to be as positive as I can for Jones because he's walked into a situation that we know is a difficult one. Mm-hmm. I think the only way Stoke are going to be better is to get Pudis back. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Bring him home. We're going to say that a few times. Just, do do yeah. you think it's a case now where they need to sack him now pretty much because there's an international break but and what, it gives the new manager a couple of weeks to get things going but what's it going to achieve because it's still the same group of players it's still the same problems that I was but there. it's clearly not working because it's a talented group of players isn't it yeah but it's, it's there's, there's, there's core issues in that team and they, they were there under Hughes they were there under Lambert they were there under Rowett and they're there under Jones but they weren't there under Pulis uh-huh. that was that was a long time ago <laughs> um I don't think sacking him is the solution. I think... What is the solution then? And can they afford to wait around for a solution? Because at At, the moment it's one point and it's not going well, is it? I was going to say, at this rate, they're not going to get near the playoffs. I think I I heard a pundit say um, a couple of weeks ago that after 10 or 15 games, you start to see where teams are going to finish in the league. Mm. It's pretty much a reflective... Because you get teams that uh, have late surges, but it's pretty reflective of how teams are going to finish in the season. Um, so if Stoke do find themselves in that bottom six, it is it is a worry. But as I say, I don't think sacking Jones is is necessarily the solution here. What is the solution? Not sacking Jones. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Perhaps this two weeks is going to give Stoke the not the rest they need, but time on the training ground and the Jones because even he he went away from that diamond that he played yeah um, didn't work um, so obviously <laughs> there's a couple of bangs there it's a bit weird yeah <laughs> is your house being broken into <laughs> yeah, po- podcast comes first <laughs> <laughs> anyway we've got we've got to move on so uh, Luton 2 Huddersfield 1 James Collins and Andrew Shinney with the goals, uh, first win for Luton at home this season. Two wins in two now. I said this, and you were critical of it, but I said all Luton need is a bit of momentum. We are talking about two wins against two fairly pond sides at the moment. That's a new expression. Fairly oh, pond. pond. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where it came from, but we'll stick with it. I, I, I don't think Luton fans should be getting too excited at the moment. Oh, um, you're, you're such a buzzkill. There's two two wins on the trot. Yeah, Barnsley and Huddersfield, at the moment, are probably the two of the teams that you'd want to play in this division. And they can only beat who's in front of them, Mm -hmm. of course. But they were quite lucky in this game as well. Because Huddersfield had loads of chances. Which is a surprise. Yeah, absolutely. Andrew Shinney. Shinny Esther. I, I heard that and I was cringed <laughs> at the thought. I think it's brilliant. Uh, he was brilliant. He created the most chances in this game, had more shots than any other Luton player and, of course, scored a beautiful winner. It was a good goal. It was beautiful. a great goal. Yeah. Um, Cornick's in great form as well. Yeah, absolutely. Harry Cornick. Yeah. Well done to Luton. Huddersfield. Dearie me, they yeah. need to get a new manager in soon, don't they? Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think Hudson's a, the right choice. I think I've said they need a manager who's experienced in the championship. Someone like, I don't know. Pulis. Pulis or Nigel Pearson. <laughs> Whoever they get in has got one head of a job in it on their hands, haven't they? Mm. Um, absolutely. Uh, it's, I've, I've said it already. I think I've said 
pretty much everything they need to on Huddersfield. I don't think they're going to do well this season. Do well uh, being finishing above 15th at this rate. Yeah, you've, It's a you've, relegation battle. It's, it's hard to argue differently at the moment because it is just not going to plan. And Mark Hudson, I thought he might get the job initially and he, from what I heard in the media, the initial reports were saying he was being prepped for the job but yeah. considering how things are going it doesn't seem like he's going to turn it around and he has drifted in the betting as well now which is a bit of an indicator mm-hmm. that Huddersfield fans don't seem to think he'll get the job as mentioned they could have won this game in fairness Colin Grant could have won this game on his own because he had three or four big chances his in goal game. was an own goal I thought that as well his goal has it been credited to it yeah that is generous. Because he kicked it across the goal and yeah. it came off Shinny, didn't it? It came off someone, but it's definitely not his goal, no. is it? Crazy. Although we love him. We do love him. We are big fans of Carlin Grant on this show. But we're also big fans of legit goals. It, exactly. We take goals seriously. <laughs> In other Huddersfield news, Mark Hudson reckons Trevor Chalaber will play for Chelsea next season. What do you I, think? Um, seeing him last season, I said he was great at Ipswich. He's obviously bad luck for any team. Because mm. Huddersfield will finish bottom this season if he's oh, no, <laughs> no, that's definitely a joke. Maybe, um, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's a quality player. The the player the the quality he has on the ball, you just you don't get it. He's a big guy, isn't he? And he's got limbs. And, he, and yeah, he's he's massive. He doesn't look like a sophisticated, majestic playmaker, but he is. All right, <laughs> is that because of his hair? I do like his hair. His hair's brilliant. It reminds me of a biscuit. I don't know why. Let's move on. Yeah. Bristol City 2, Middlesbrough 2. Casey Palmer and the Sambalonga amongst the goal scorers. Was this a game Bristol City should be winning? Again, Borough picking up momentum now. Mm. So I think it's a case of playing Borough at the wrong time and obviously losing Callas is a massive blow to that, that back three. So they played with a back four in this game. Well, exactly. Um, so they've had to switch it up, which clearly left them open, which mm. I think you said a couple of weeks ago that Tommy Rowe is a bit of a worry at left-back. Yeah, he's not thought to be... He's, not, he's thought to be more of a wing-back. Well, he's a centre-midfielder, first of all, and he's thought to be more of a wing-back mm-hmm. than full-back as his like, secondary position. So we'll have to see. Taylor Moore didn't have a good game. He scored an own goal, <laughs> yeah. a weird own goal at that, yeah. and was at fault for Borough's second mm-hmm. Other podcasts might be kinder to younger players, but not us, damn it. With him... Hold on, I said the chap's goal for Birmingham was crap, and you were like, no, don't be, don't be mean. I mean, he's 16. Taylor Moore's a bit older. Doesn't but... matter. Anyway, with <laughs> Callas being injured, as you say, would you th- drop Taylor Moore at this point? Because they've brought in Ashley Williams, and I think a bit more experience might be the answer, as opposed to having Taylor Moore without Callas because Callas is a quality player as we know and I feel like when he's not there you want an experienced mm-hmm. head I, it's hard to disagree but it's only one game yeah so let's let's judge him after a couple of, if Callas is out for that long I don't know how bad his injury was no, I can't remember how bad his injury was but uh, we've mentioned before Taylor Moore has been at fault for a, a few a couple of goals this season so he's learning his trade but you get punished in the in the championship, and there's no there's no better goal scorer than Sambalonga. Yeah, fair so point. you've got to be on your game. Yeah, Nicholas Eliasson 
started this game. Mm-hmm. Bristol City fans wanted him to feature a bit more. <clears throat> and in this game, you can see why, because he was absolutely quality once. Yeah, he? yeah, definitely. Um, he's got that quality that we felt was missing a bit from Bristol City, from especially from wide areas. Yeah. Um, so him being in the team is obviously going to help and... They've got some creativity in there, you know. Players like Casey Palmer, yeah. Elison, Vyman has turned a turned a screw in terms of how effective he is going forward mm. now. So it's a dangerous attack. Yeah, and Benicophobia as well. I mean, when he's in form, he's mm-hmm. one of the top strikers in this league. Middlesbrough then unbeaten in three now. Woodgate seems to have got the ball rolling after a tricky start. Told you. What did you tell me? I said I said it all clicked. Yeah. I don't, I don't recall this, but uh, they played know. well here. Ryan Shotton could have won it at the end as well, mm-hmm. couldn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Lewis Wing, baller. Nearly scored from outside the area. Yeah, quite. be interesting to see if he could score inside the area. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Wednesday, one QPR, two, a double from Jordan Hugo. Uh, remember when we said uh, Jordan Hugo wasn't the most prolific striker? It was offside for one of them. Fair point. He has got five goals in six now. So he's performing a lot better than we expected. That was based on his expected goals from last season. And he was one of the poorer performing strikers. But he seems to have hit the ground running at QPR. It's a it's a good fit because he's going to be the top man. Um, top man for QPR. Mm. Um, I think, I still don't think he's a reliable scorer. It might just be an early season flurry. We saw Andy Vyman last season have it and he didn't score again until I don't probably I think it was like March or something mm. um, I don't think it'll be something like that but I just I, I'm still not convinced by Hugo yeah, yeah. Um, I can see why but QPR they create a lot of chances so perhaps that was that's been the missing link for him is, yeah. is that but we've seen already that he, he should he should have scored more really yeah, yeah. what a ball from Naki Wells by the way yeah for Hugel's equaliser. Those two up front could be a decent partnership, couldn't yeah, they? Yeah, well, Wells has sort of shifted in terms of style of play because I, I noticed he was playing slightly deeper for QPR and he, he did, I think he did the same when he was at Huddersfield mm. when they got promoted. So, he's, he's again, he's such a good player at this level um, and then if he's playing in behind Hugel, you're guaranteed to, to one of them is going to at least score. At yeah. this rate, so. Well, Atlee on Twitter says, QPR played some pretty decent football. I'd like to give a shout-out to Ryan Manning, because uh, yeah. in this game, he got the assist for the winner and created three chances from left-back, and has probably been one of the standout players for QPR this season. Mark Warburton seems to have really got him going. Yeah, well, he's had a bit of flack from QPR fans, and I think that's relatively unfair. Yeah. Because, again... QPR, don't they've not seemed to have got the best out of some players throughout the years. Looking at last season, um, Eberichi Easy, you know, he's such a good player, but he hardly played. Mm. Um, and this might be the same, well, it might, might, might not be, but Mark Warburton's going to get the best out of the players that, they, that they've got. Yeah, absolutely. Well, after they weren't picking up points at the start of the season, but playing well, they're now playing well and getting the points. So how far do you see this QPR team going? As I say, that as long as they create, keep creating chances um, and putting them away, it's that if, if they stop doing that, that's when it becomes a worry, obviously. But what I'm trying to get at is QPR, they make a lot of errors at the back. We saw Grant Hall concede, such a, it was a poor penalty to concede. And uh, Barbe's defending in midweek. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that? I saw that. That was horrendous. Um, Brilliant, though. Uh, Wednesday, 
they're pretty much the opposite to QPR in the way that they were like a steam train at the start of the season, but now it's one win in their last four games. Pulling out. Has the Lee Bullen to get the job train derailed? Pulling out. Pulling out. Yeah, are you on, on that bus now? Yeah. All right, <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> uh, the only other thing I've really got to say about uh, Wednesday is Adam Reach has really nice hair. Yeah, quite surprised by Wednesday, really, especially at home. And as I say, QPR aren't the best defensively. I love how you've just completely skated over. <laughs> what? We talk about players' hair quite a lot, but this this Wednesday team should be doing better. They've got a lot of quality on the bench. I read an article on The Athletic the other day about the strength and depth from the bench. Have they paid you to mention them? Are you getting paid oh, by The Athletic? Crap, no. It's a free plug. Damn it! That's right, I'll edit it out afterwards. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Forrest won, Preston won. Adoma's goal got a point for Forrest after Billy Bowden scored. Game of two halves, really. Mm-hmm. Preston were the better side in the first and then Forrest in the second. But a draw seems to be a fair result. Yeah, Billy Bowden took the piss of his goal, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those tricky games where it's two sides who we think will do well this season. Yeah. And they come up against each other and it's a draw. A draw suits us, doesn't it? Because we don't want to criticise either side because they're both two teams that we like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can see either of these teams challenging for the playoffs. I think Forest will be in the playoffs. I don't think both of them will get into the playoffs. Um, But they've got a lot of quality in their team and I think perhaps it was a case of cancelling each other out. I thought Forest would kick on, especially after the the cup winning the week over Derby. Hmm. Um, but it just seemed that players weren't quite at the races today. Are you jumping Sorry, on the uh, Forest in the playoffs bandwagon yet? No, I told you, 10 games. I'm firmly on it, and as I say, spaces might have run out by that point. But it's results like this that make me think, because a lot of those players played in the week as well, and they were outstanding against Derby, and they just weren't quite there today. Mm. So that's why I'm still teetering. Still not getting on yet, well, as I say. I've not bought my ticket yet. Yeah, We'll have to wait and see. Carvalho. Uh, came is he's not even back in the team yet and I think when he's back they'll be an even better side well Grabham was pretty isolated again and Carvalho provided the assist for the for the goal for Adoma he's clearly the missing link between that fort between sort of Grabham in the midfield um, so if he plays I think Forest will well they can push on yeah, absolutely Preston uh, I wanted to bring up Jaden Stockley because he's not had much of a look in this season mm. do you think maybe give him a go because he doesn't seem to be fancied by Alex Neal, which is weird because Alex Neal signed him. <clears throat> and he seems to be the perfect Alex Neal striker, which is a big lad. Yeah, I, it's, I, you, you'd expect to see him in, but are they are they playing to his strengths? Maybe, maybe not. Mm. Obviously, they've got Dan Johnson in there who got another assist yesterday. Um, is he the man to play off Stockley? I don't think he is. Maybe play Bowden off him or one of the other strikers um, so they're not they're clearly not getting the best out of him mm. um, that's, 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 that's it to really say that's yeah Millwall won Hull won the goals coming from Jed Wallace and Kamal Grzycki Kamal Grzycki got his first goal of the season did he mean it? no of course he didn't <laughs> he lobbed Bielkowski from 40 yards out but you uh, don't have faith that he could pull it off it was a poor free kick. He overhit it, didn't he? He overhit his cross. I don't know if he's actually claiming it, but if he is, he's an absolute liar. He did not mean that, no, did he? Of course he didn't. And Bierkowski's six foot three. He's, he's a monster. He's, yeah. you, how are you not keeping that out? They are both Polish, though. Maybe they've been 
together on you know national team duty and he knows that he comes out for crosses or something so Grosiski just going into sort of a their training room right now Grosiski's 40 yards out putting balls in yeah. he knows exactly what Bierkowski's going to do yeah he's exploited a weakness maybe he meant it maybe he meant it there we go. Conclusion. Conclusion. <laughs> this was quite an open game, which isn't typical of this uh, Millwall side. Both teams had chances to win it, including Kevin Stewart, who missed it. Absolutely. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> a glorious chance. I see what he was trying to do. He was obviously trying to um, not unsettle the keeper, but sort of catch him off guard by going in the other corner, which yeah. was obviously harder to hit because his body wasn't even facing that way. But God, yeah, he should have scored that. Yeah. He's still not scored for a hole, which is not really a surprise. I don't know why he even pulled that out. Hall <laughs> <laughs> find themselves 20th in the championship at the moment <clears throat> with one win to their name this season how would you sum it up under Grant McCann so far that sort of noise okay okay, I can, I, I can get behind that they've, but they've got Wigan and Luton next and they look like massive games don't they yeah but who knows after international breaks because you get teams that go into these breaks up in good form and they come out they run pretty Average, mm. um, as I say, for Hull, it's not panic stations yet for Hull because they got the quality, especially going forward, and a couple of players at the back to be better, pretty much. Um, but I'm not particularly surprised that Grant McCann hasn't quite unlocked what he needs to yet. Yeah, yeah. And Whittingham on Twitter, he's a Hull fan. He says happy with a point at Millwall, especially as we finished the match with only nine men. Keep mm. missing guilt edge chances though, which is why we won't be troubling the playoffs. Well, that's that's what they're missing. They've got the quality out wide, and Tom Eves hasn't yet been any good, really. But they've been playing McGinnis, McGinnis instead, haven't mm-hmm. they? And he's not the best. No, no. Uh, troubling the playoffs, and Whittingham said on Twitter, "I'm, I won't have even put them in the picture. Really, I'd probably be putting them maybe in the bottom six. Perhaps if Atkins was still there." Ooh. Don't bring that up. Uh, Wigan nil, Barnsley nil. Wigan are doing absolutely nothing to change my mind about them being prime candidates to go down. No. There wasn't much in this game, but they were the poor of the two sides. And we're talking about a Barnsley side who aren't in great nick themselves, really. It's, I can only say this is a this is a really good result for Barnsley because they they go they get a clean sheet away from home, which they've been really poor defend defensively. They've been pretty bad. Why haven't we going to explore? Why haven't we going to exploit this? Kiefer Moore's just come from Barnsley. Surely he knows. Not not everything, but surely he knows certain areas to exploit. Mm. And he's playing Jamal Lowe behind behind the striker. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? I think any Wigan fan who listens to this and doesn't think they're looking like relegation candidates is lying to themselves, really, aren't they? Because they, I mean, this is at Wigan at home as well, and this is where they're meant to be. Yeah, getting all their points. Absolutely, they've scored one since the opening day. That's Shit. damning in itself. Paul Cook, does he need to go? Get him gone. He's taken them as far as he can, Anti. Yeah, it's. I can't really disagree with that. Not to criticise Paul Cook, he's he's a good manager, but I think he's a good manager at League One level. Yeah, yeah. Which might sound harsh, but this Wigan team's got a fair bit of talent, and he's playing Jamal Obey on the striker yeah. I've not even mentioned this we're talking about a Barnsley team who are in the middle of an injury crisis yeah. at the moment Woodrow Ratlinger Diaby all out and when Woodrow's missing Barnsley look blunt don't mm-hmm. they really Yeah, and they, 
the the game they were, was there for for Wigan really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As I say, it's damning. Yeah. One goal since opening days is poor. Yeah, Barnsley. Uh, Brad Collins played in goal mm-hmm. with a rattling uh, out injured. Did did all right, didn't he? Yeah. I've, I it was highly rated. I think it was at Yeovil, wasn't he? Well, yeah. no, it was at Burton. Yeah, he was at Chelsea. But he was obviously yeah, on loan yeah. at Burton. And, um, um, yeah, he's a good goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'd expect him to, to crack on in goal now. I thought he'd start as number one anyway. Well, he's got his chance now. We'll have to see if he uh, stays there. Uh, Barnsley, do you think they'll be joining Wigan in a relegation battle this season? I've seen more from Barnsley than I have Huddersfield and Wigan so far. Hmm. I don't... As you say, injury crisis. Once they get players back, they're going to look a completely different outfit. Yeah. So, I think they're they're one of those that might flirt with relegation, but who we'll knows? Have to, we'll have yeah. to wait and see. Ben Williams is sending off. <laughs> Seemed fair. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Evans did a front flip. He Landed turned that on his hard. head. Yeah. It was a, it was a poor tackle, and he knew it, didn't he? <laughs> it was like it was on the floor, on his knees, like oh, shit. The best bit was. The reaction from the bench. <laughs> yeah. The I think it was a Barnsley player who was coming on. He turned around and put his heads on yeah. head, hand, hands on his head yeah. because he was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> but it's the fact that Lee Evans was like, "I'm injured. I'm injured. Nah, I'm gonna Actually, kill him." No, I'm fucking fuming. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get in this guy's face. Oh, and rightly so. It was a poor challenge. And, yeah. and Williams knew what he, what yeah, he did. Absolutely. Christ. The only other thing I've got on Barnsley is a uh, Mamadou Tiam. He has got massive legs. I've not seen his legs. Watch it. Keep an eye out for his legs. They are like tree trunks. Are his calves bigger than Stephen Warnock's? I don't know about his calves, but his like top, his thighs, just massive. Crazy. Anyway, let's move on to the other news from this past week. We'll start with uh, Richard Keogh, left with uh, blood on his neck after the Forest v Derby game in the Carabao Cup in midweek. It's alleged he was kicking up turf and... Uh, Allegedly, that is. Mm-hmm. It's now being investigated, but apparently he had a bit of a spat with the ground staff. What do you make of this? It's not, it's not Richard Keogh to cause a bit of a fuss at Forest, is it? <laughs> not like him. But it's almost like if you're scraping up turf on, on the, obviously on the pitch, mm. that's like sacrilege to a groundsman. Yeah. So, I can understand why you'd be annoyed. Yeah. yeah. If he, if he, it, it, this is alleged, of course, but... Yeah, I, I don't think, know. How he got blood on his neck. Maybe well, he got cut. Maybe I don't know. No, I, I'm not going to speculate. But no. I think a good solution here is to for Derby to send their ground staff to Forest, and they just fight. <laughs> Are they allowed to use like their instruments? I was thinking a Royal Rumble. Oh, okay. Are they allowed to use like you know the little. I don't want people to get spiky like, things they use. I don't want people to to die. Okay. Like it just let's go over Royal Rumble. Okay, all right, fair enough. Uh, Jack Butland's not been named in the England squad. Are you surprised? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. He, he's not had a great season so far, has he? I mean, we are talking about you know championship standards, so it's... it depends. It depends who you play for, because again, from Preston's perspective, he's been quality. <laughs> Uh, Middlesbrough striker Rudy Jestead is back in the Benin squad after three years. He started one game in the last year and a half, so I'm guessing he's not there on current form. Does he still play for Borough? Yeah. Huh. 
They, okay. They paid six million for him back in 2017. He scored three goals in that time. Well, Villa paid sort of like a, a big fee for him from Cardiff, didn't they? Cardiff. Cardiff know how to get some money out of some average strikers, don't they? He scored 20 goals for Blackburn a few years ago. It's like, you just forget he exists, really, don't you? I completely forgot that Blackburn. He was good at Blackburn. He really was. good. Yeah. Him and Jordan Rhodes at front. Oh, had a football manager season going with that. Brilliant. <laughs> Love that Blackburn team. Uh, Birmingham City have signed up a cannabis oil drinks firm as one of their official partners in what's being billed as a world-first agreement. The company will supply a range of products and drinks which will be available on match days. What do you think? Can't smoke in the ground, can you? It's a drink. No, 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 I was joking. (laughs) I mean, that's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd like to try it, I think, just to see what it's like. I can't imagine it'd be very nice. I don't know. No. One one Blues fan said, uh, to be fair, watching the Blues stoned would be less traumatic. So. (laughs) It's a shame they can't take it away, isn't it? (laughs) There you go. And finally, Chucklevision has been named the greatest show on CBBC of all time. What do you make of that? It's hard to disagree, really. It beat competitions such as Blue Peter and Biker Grove. Blue Peter is massively overrated, I think. I said this in midweek. I got criticised. It is not great entertainment, is it? I prefer Newsround over Blue Peter. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Right, let's do some polls at the start of recording this beautiful podcast we asked you three questions first of all was is Koku the right man for Derby is he 57% said no what that's quite close though isn't it will Charlton finish in the top half 51% said yes interesting it's like the Brexit result that is 51% yeah yeah. (laughs) and uh, what's the better biscuit you said ginger nut I said chocolate digestive 79% said chocolate digestive that's horrendous that's absolutely right. I, I can't believe you picked the ginger nut as your ideal choice. I'm passionate about biscuits. And but ginger nuts are just average, aren't they? Chocolate, chocolate digestives are average. No, they're not. Yeah, they are because... Right, let's move on. Move on before... Come on. Craig Bryson pub quiz. It's that time. It is. For the first time this season, you didn't get my player, which was Luke Varney. I'll be honest with you. I've been... Livid all week, okay. Because Luke Varney, I thought we were picking sort of not legends, but really prominent players in 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 the championship that have been good, at least good. He has been good. He hasn't. He made over two hundred appearances. All right. Lee Camp's Lee Camp's a record holder. Come on, let's go. Christ. <laughs> First clue, please. I made three hundred and two appearances in the second tier, scoring twenty two and assisting forty eight. Is it Luke Varney? <laughs> Wait, say that again. No, that's, that's your guess. Yeah, can I hear the clue again though? I made three hundred and two appearances, scoring twenty-two and assisting forty-eight in the championship. Assisting forty-eight. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Next clue. Yes, please. I have played for two clubs in the second tier. Ooh, I've only played for two clubs. Is it Peter Whittingham? No, he's played for. I was thinking he's about, must be about right for that number of assists and goals. No, because goals, he's probably scored that in one season for Cardiff. How many goals is it again? 22. Yeah, he did score quite a few, didn't he? Fair enough. Okay, next one. Cardiff fans will be up in arms about that. (laughs) Uh, I won promotion in 2008-2009 season to the Premier League. Okay, 
2008-2009, we are talking... Is this car- is that the season Cardiff went up? No. No. They might have been a year later. Uh, oh, okay. I'm going to go with somebody... I think it's a midfielder, first of all. I'm going to go with somebody like Dean Whitehead. No. No. It's a good shout, then. Thank you. <clears throat> this one's a good clue. Okay. I was briefly the caretaker manager for, of Bristol City in 2016. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. So, I'm going to assume Bristol City fans will know who this is now, won't they? Um, I think they will. I'm going to guess that he played for Bristol City. Because that's usually how it works. Mm-hmm. Um... But he obviously hasn't been promoted with Bristol City. So, he must have retired a couple of seasons before that, or around there then, as well. Um, cool, this is tricky. Come on. No one's coming to mind. I can't think of ex-Bristol City midfielders from the mid to, mid to late 2000s. You have to say one. I'm... It's not him, but I'm going to say Lee Johnson. No. Yeah. I won Player of the Year, two years on the trot, for Burnley. How many clues have I got left? Um, that was your fifth clue. So you've you've got, got one left. left. For Burnley? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I presume you got promo- uh, promoted with Burnley. Is, I was going to say Graham Alexander, but he's had more appearances than that. He must have made about 400 appearances. I don't think he played for Bristol City either. No. I'm gonna, I should really know this, I think. Yeah. It's quite irritating that no one's coming to mind. This this is this is one of my favourite players in like championship football. Oh. I really liked him. I'm gonna say Robbie Blake. No, you said that one before. Good that's a good guess though. Thank you. Oh, I think you're gonna get it now, <laughs> next two. <laughs> Shit. I have got someone in mind. Uh I also played for Birmingham City. Yeah, it's I forgot his name. When I think of this player, I always think of him and Robbie Blake. Interesting. But I can't remember his name. He's a winger, isn't he? Maybe. Uh, Come on. I can't remember his name. He didn't play for Bristol City then, did he? Yeah, he did. He did? But not in the championship. Oh, I can't remember his name. Come on, come on. Didn't he score like a worldie against Man U in the Premier League? Was that Robbie? That Blake? was Robbie Blake. Get Robbie Blake out of your head. No, I can't. Oh, he God. did score a beauty in the playoff final. I can't remember his name. Maybe he's a striker. And see this guy. I can't. I can't remember his name. You're giving up, aren't you? Yeah, you're giving up. Say it. I've given up. I can't. Wade Elliott. Wade Elliott. God's sake! He played for Bristol City uh, when they were in yeah. League One. They won the yeah football league trophy and. They got promoted that season. Great player. I do. He was I'm, player. I'm fuming with myself. He's, he's, yeah, he scored an absolute worldie for uh, for Burnley in the power final against Sheffield United. I'm absolutely fuming with myself. Oh, well, there we go. Have that. Bit these things funny. Right, jeez. That was so aggressive. It was. My Lord. Right. Next week, Justin, mm-hmm. is the international break. Ugh. I hate international breaks. They're the worst. They're generally the most boring time of the year. They... 
ruin my weekend. They ruin football. They do ruin football. We're just going to have to go with it. And what we've decided to do next week is we're going to do a bit of a team of the season so far. Even though it's too early in the season to do a team of the season, we're going to do one anyway. <laughs> we might talk about some other topics as well. Might even do a Q&A, I suppose. Sound good? Yeah, I like, yeah. I like feedback. Yeah, I like questions and answers. So <laughs> this has been the Second Tier Podcast. Thank you for listening. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach.
Hello everyone, Ryan here. Just a quick message to say we've had a few technical problems on this episode. There might be a couple of bits where it cuts out or just drops out and you can't hear anything, but I've managed to edit out most of them, but there might still be the odd one here or there. So sorry about that and enjoy the episode. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.